Hello, listeners. You are listening to another episode of That's Entertainment. I am your pop culture maven, Jeff Malone, and with me, as always, live from Hampton, Maine, is my aunt, Beth Woods. How are we doing right now, Aunt Beth? We are doing great. My dogs finally stopped barking. <laughs> they For were now. Noisy. Yes, they were loud. Oh. We'll have to see if we can train them to be a guest on the show at yeah, some point. Right. We'll have to find some doggy pop culture. Yeah. Now, so we are in the midst of part two of our best TV dramas of the 2010s episode. And yeah, so part two or part one uh, dropped in your podcast feeds last week. So I believe this episode is going up on July 26th. And that's a very important date around here. It is an important date, yes. I didn't realize that. (laughs) I think it's someone was... um, Somebody was born born on that day way back uh, a few decades ago. (laughs) Just a few. Yeah. (laughs) Not too many. No, we don't want to say how many. (laughs) But we do want to acknowledge this, this, this is very special day and that's entertainment it's the first time an episode is dropping on one of the host's birthdays wow that's right so uh, listeners, you have to... what's that that'll only happen twice if if it happens on your birthday yeah well if we and i get one one the next time be that you drop your birthdays on a sunday oh like yeah. five or six years yeah but I'm thinking of yours, though. Yours is next, so. Yeah, well, my birthday was on a Monday this year. Oh, so it'll be a while it too, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll record a special episode and um, post it whatever day of the week right. my birthday's on. That's right. <laughs> so do you have any a special birthday requests from our listeners? Oof, I haven't thought of that. What they want to, let's see. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll have to think about it. Well, I will make the request that uh, people that someone leave us in a review on the podcast listening uh, device of your choice, and it has to be a nice review. Because it's my birthday. Exactly. If it's a mean review, you you have to wait <laughs> until okay. the twenty seventh. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Okay, so on That's Entertainment, we pick a pop culture topic and discuss it according to the three Fs, first, favorite, and forever. And as this is part two of a two-parter, we've already done the first section, and we're in the middle of the favorite section. And that would be where we are doing our top ten countdown of our favorite TV dramas of the 2010s. We've already gotten through numbers 10 through 6. That brings us now to number five, and uh, Aunt Beth's going to reveal her number five right about now. Okay, number five, number five, number five. Will is, is missing. I don't know where he is. 99 out of 100 times, kid goes missing. The kid is with a parent or a relative. What about the other time? What? You said 99 out of 100. What about the other time? The one! The one. Stranger Things. That started on Netflix in 2016. 
Um, not sure how I had heard about it. Somebody must have told me about it. And I started watching it, and then I think I waited for the West, my sons to come home at Christmas time so we could watch it together. Um, so it takes place in the early 80s when it starts, and it's about a, a young boy vanishes and the town starts uncovers a mystery involving some secret experiments and supernatural forces. Uh, what's fun about it is it's just kind of reminiscent of some of the movies from the 80s, like Goonies and Stand By Me. Um, it explores the relationship of the of four early teen age boys and then a girl that they meet uh, named Eleven. The, the acting of the young kids is fantastic. Sometimes you watch shows with younger kids and they either overact or they're not not very good, but these these kids are really great, really fun to watch. It's just, um, it's diff the same thing. It's different than, than anything that had been on for a while. It's, um, it's a lot of fun to watch it. The same, the characters are really fun. This one, even though it's, it's, I wouldn't call it scary because I don't like a scary show. It's a little bit. Um, yeah, I know you don't like scary stuff, and you've got Bates Motel and Stranger Things. I know, I know. Back to back. Yeah, but this is just, you know, it's kind of, sometimes you could be on the edge of your seat, but it's more, there's so much lightness and humor to it also that it's, it, I guess I can watch something a little scary if it has that in it, be, something to lighten it up a little. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so that's had three seasons and I I know they're working on a fourth who knows when <laughs> now we nobody knows when anything's coming out but yeah uh, yeah that's a fun one though so. mm -hmm. Ooh, okay so back into the middle of the charts at number five we have like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Mad Men. Oh. This is um, an AMC series that aired from 2007 to 2015. Focused on a group of um, advertising executives in the 1960s, led by John Hamm as Don Draper. And, you know, the 1960s, uh, move America moving into the second half of the 20th century. It's a nation at a nexus and a man at a nexus. The whole series, John Draper is trying to figure out who he really is as he also delivers a vision to America of who they should be. Uh, he, you know, he, he's a, a very seductive advertiser well, as a very seductive person and that gets him into a lot of trouble it's probably the show with the most affairs that oh. i've ever seen oh, really? <laughs> yeah like pretty much it, almost every episode don is um, sleeping with another woman who's not his wife 
<laughs> I think he has two wives over the course of the series. He starts out married to um, Betty Draper, played by January Jones, and then by the end of it, the show, he's married to um, his former secretary, Megan, played by Jessica Perret. Um, mm. But uh, there are plenty of other women. Because uh, <laughs> he, he just, he's a restless soul, can't quite figure out where he's supposed to be any given night and you know i think that uncertainty resonates with a lot of people um in any walk of life um but then there's other characters on the show who aren't so um unfaithful who are just kind of doing their things living their lives and trying to be the best people they can be and things kind of turn out okay for them and that's typified by peggy olsen played by elizabeth moss who you've already discussed with your handmaid's tale selection i think Mm -hmm. mad men is where most uh audiences discovered her she had a very with my microphone excuse me Yeah, so Peggy had a uh, she had a tough time dealing with uh, her boss was Don for much of the series. She had a tough time dealing with him, but her story ended sweetly. She uh, she kissed the guy who she didn't even realize she was in love with in the office. Um, you know, so you know it was a it was a very stylish show. I I really liked the the styles of the sixties. Uh, so it was, it was a fun show to look at as well. Yeah, I always wanted to start it, and I just never did. I, I know your cousin Megan really liked it too, so I still plan on watching it sometime. Yeah, hopefully you know, it's it's on your bucket list, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we all have shows like that. Yes, but but it's daunting when it, like you said, it went, so it was almost, what, seven or more seasons seven seasons i yeah. believe yeah <laughs> i think oh geez that's a lot to catch up on mm-hmm. okay. oh stop stop henry number, no no number four number four number four is- i must have been mad i could have been an air hostess i could have been a model I could have moved to Paris or been a concert pianist. I could have seen the world, been brave, followed my heart. But I didn't. I sidestepped love and set off for the East End of London because I thought it would be easier. Madness was the only explanation. Call the Midwife. Uh, This show started in 2012 and it's on PBS. It's only on... Uh, from March to May every year for just like eight shows. Um, that's the whole season because it's a British show. They they like to do that, I think. <laughs> they just have quick seasons, which is kind of nice because you can watch it pretty quickly. Um, and it's based on the memoirs of a woman named Jennifer Worth. And it takes a look at midwifery in the 1950s in East End, London. And I just find it fascinating. All I keep saying is, my mom, your grandmother, your nanny, Ellie, would have loved this show. Um, the nurses work hand-in-hand with the nuns 
from they there's a place called Nonatus House, and they actually come and live there with with the nuns, and mo the nuns are also nurses too. And um, it's the same. I wrote down you we were talking about crying. I'm probably crying almost every episode. My daughter says to me, "Mommy, why do you watch that? You're always crying." <laughs> Sometimes I cry because it's sad. Sometimes it's happy. I mean, it's you know, there's some. They work with some of the situations they don't shy away from. You know, there's some very difficult situations of them delivering babies and not so happy circumstances. Um, they've dealt with as the time. Well, so it started in the 50s and now we're into the late 60s, I think. Um, so it's dealt with a lot of interesting things as the times change. They There were a few shows that talked about the babies, the thalidomide babies, which were babies that were born often deformed. And, oh, boy, those were really – they did a great job with those. They talk about the pill. Um, I mean, just so much. It, it's, it's just – I know. No, I don't know if you watch it, Jeff. I know your mom and dad and Katie watch it, but yeah, no, I haven't. But yeah, oh, okay. my mom I think sometimes calls it "Call of the Midwife." Oh, really? It's just "Call the Midwife." But yeah, it's. I just look forward to it every season when I know. Or I think we text. I text your mom and and Bobby and say, "Guess what's starting tonight." <laughs> And it's got some great fun characters too. So yeah, it's it's really really well done. I love it. And then they always have a Christmas episode on Christmas Day. So that's kind of fun because you're anticipating for that. It's like oh, that's coming up again in a few more months. Yeah, that's that's a British thing too because Doctor Who also. Yeah, Doctor Who does that. Yeah. So, okay. Right. Moving right along, making a strong showing up on the charts at number four. Wait, wait, Jimmy, Jimmy, what? It's all good, man. Better Call Saul. Another AMC series uh, started in 2015, recently wrapped up its uh, fifth season, and it's uh, still, I think it's going to have one more season and then wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. This is it. I'm not. And uh, yeah, so this is a spinoff of Breaking Bad. It stars Bob Odenkirk as the titular Saul, God Saul Goodman, also known as by his birth name, Jimmy McGill, or the nickname Slippin' Jimmy. Uh, and then in Flash Forwards, when he's working at a, what is it, an Auntie Anne's, I believe? He, Not Cinnabon. He's known as Gene Kusevac. Oh, um, but yeah, so he is a lawyer with not the strongest of scruples, but he's often, he is a man of principle in some ways. He's kind of like the, the small guy fighting against the big system, but he, he's willing to bend the rules sometimes for good reasons, but not always. Um, recently we've seen him get mixed up with, uh, uh, people involved in the illegal drug trade, and this is it's a prequel to Better Call Saul. So once that uh, point in his life comes around chronologically, those are, I think, his main clients. 
Um, I've seen, so in earlier seasons, uh, Saul's older brother, or Jimmy's older brother is played by Michael McKeon. And these two characters are contrasted very clearly. Chuck is the upstanding lawyer who did everything right, went to a good school, became partner at a very respected firm. Meanwhile, Jimmy worked in the mailroom of that firm, went to an online college and kind of didn't quite cheat his way through to getting a degree, but, or getting a, um, becoming a lawyer, but he, he did things that his older brother didn't approve of. And I've heard their relationship or the differences between them described as Jimmy would often do the wrong thing for the right reason while Chuck would often do the right thing for the wrong reason. (laughs) And it's kind of the conflict that's often at the heart of this show. And the other thing that we see a lot is just the hard work and the diligence that goes into being a good lawyer, which is really typified by um, Kim Wexler played by, Reese Seahorn, who is a friend and then love interest of Jimmy. Um, yeah, so those are the two main actors. Both excellent performances mm. are given from them. And then there's also Jonathan Banks, who's who's also on uh, Breaking Bad, playing he's playing his uh, character from that show, Mike Ehrmantraut, kind of in a, a parallel storyline not always um interacting with the main parts with uh jimmy but uh yeah so i think like uh this show uh kind of typifies a trend that i've seen in the past few years like before this show we saw a lot of anti-heroes on tv but uh saul goodman he's not quite an anti-hero he's not quite a good guy either mm-hmm. you know he's, he's someone who Somewhere in the middle. He (laughs) often tries to do the right thing, but sometimes he's just looking out for himself. And, you know, you're just like, you're compelled to see how's he going to break this week? Yeah. How's it going to (laughs) go? And I love his suits. They're very colorful. (laughs) He does seem troubled a lot of (laughs) what to do. But... Mm -hmm. Oh. And it's also fun to see, well, if to see, people are having fun watching it, I think, because if the, if you were a Breaking Bad fan, you want to mm-hmm. see if it's if you're going to see some people that were in that show or how it's going to kind of tie together. So right. looking forward to the last season to, to see if we see any more familiar faces. Back over to you for top three. Number three, number three, number three. He wanted to meet his dad. Why don't we go have some ice cream? Double scoop. Triple scoop. Honey, how did you make this happen? Double scoop. Triple. Great parenting. Okay, I have 18 minutes. I'm going to spend them with my daughter. Okay. Julia's a lawyer. Are you evil? Mom. Parenthood. Oh, yes. And this was 
on from 2010 and i think it was that was on nbc right mm -hmm. okay this is also based on an, a 1989 film but i don't think don't uh know how uh i know i saw the film but i don't know i can't talk don't know how much the show really um resembles the movie basically it explores the lives of four of the four grown-up Braverman siblings that's their their name um and just deals with the challenges of modern family life their relationships with each other with their children with their parents and the same thing it sounds like an easy premise but it's just so well done so well acted it's got um my mind just went blank of the woman who lauren graham uh -huh. um and dax shepherd and uh what's peter there krause. yeah peter krause and um and then the uh mother and f i love um the mom Bonnie Vidalia? Yeah, Bonnie Vidalia. I really like her a lot. I don't know what I've seen. I know she's been acting for a while. And I was trying to remember what I'd known her from. I think uh, I know her best uh, from uh, Die Hard, where she was... Uh, oh, see, and I didn't watch that. She was Die Bruce Hard, but... wife in that. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't She, she was one of the uh, hostages at Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, see, I wouldn't know that. Um, and I think Parenthood was created by the same guy who created uh, Friday Night Lights, which is one of my all-time favorite shows, which you'll see is not on my list because I did look, I'm looking at my notes from before, and that started in 2006 and mm -hmm. ended in 2011, so I actually didn't put it on my list. Otherwise, that probably would have been my number one choice right. for best drama. Um, but I felt like that wasn't really what I was watching in the 2010s as much. But it was um, developed by, and I can't remember his name, Peter Jason somebody? Kadams. Jason Kadams, yes. So, and he did Parenthood also, so I, I just like his style. And um, I just love it. <laughs> Great show. <laughs> That, I bet that's another show that made you cry most episodes. Yes. Oh, yes. Very much. Same type of thing. Happy and sad. All right. Well, I think I have a pretty good idea what your top two are going to be. Oh, okay. Uh, what we've seen so far. But, uh, I'd be happy to be surprised, too. But Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, I'll move along to the... My number three at the almost at the top of the charts. Number three. This puts the future squarely in the hands of those who know computers not for what they are, but for everything they have the potential to be. Halt and Catch Fire. Another AMC show. Third AMC show. In a row. Yeah. Uh, this uh, aired from 2014 to 2017. It was about the burgeoning tech industry in the 1980s, um, about a group of guys and some, even some girls. There were some women in that industry at that time who were just kind of trying to revolutionize the world. Um, but really, this show could have been about in, any industry. It was because it was really about just a group of people doing their best to move the world forward. Um, 
but these people happen to be people who really love technology and making computers do cool things and getting the early internet started and making that connect people. Uh, the, the four main cast members were uh, Lee Pace, Scoot McNary, uh, Mackenzie Davis, and Terry Bechet. And uh, they were all, just, uh, they all played very passionate characters. Um, and it's just rooting for all of them to be successful in the things that they decided to pursue. Um, they, the fifth uh, cast member was Toby Huss, who was a little older than all of them, and he was kind of kind of a mentor figure to all of them. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, it's similar to Better Call Saul in the like late 2010s shows, and still, I hope this trend is still going on. It's, you know, less about antiheroes, more about people trying to be good. Mm. Where Better Call Saul was a guy who's not always doing living up to that halt and catch fire you know this is these people are mainly decent people like they're they're not perfect they they have fights with each other but there's not really any conflict to rooting for them to get what to accomplish what they want to accomplish Mm -hmm. you know it's nice to have shows like that where you don't have to be like now, I want to see this person succeed, but if they do succeed, that means other people will really hurt. But yeah. on this show, it means people will be connected. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, go ahead, finish. Yeah, so it's about how partnerships form and how they break apart and then come back together and how colleagues become friends and then they stop being colleagues and stop being friends, but then become mm-hmm. friends again. And, mm-hmm. you know, the high pressure of when friendships and careers interact with each other. Yeah, I remember what I, I must've watched just a couple and then I didn't keep watching and I know what I should have. Yeah, the first time I saw Lee Pace was on the, uh, what was the show about a oh, pushing Daisy uh-huh, yeah. and I loved him in that. So yeah. he was a good character. Is he British? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I know. For some he's reason, American. I was he's American. Oh, okay. It was the girl on the show was British. I know somebody was, but yeah. I do like, uh, you him. know, I, I actually, I had a similar experience. I watched the first few episodes of season one and then stopped, and then I heard it got much better in subsequent oh. seasons, and then I got back into it. I'm like, yeah, it did get much better. Oh, okay. And how many seasons did you say it was? Four. Four, okay. Yeah. But I would still recommend watching the whole okay. series to anyone yeah. who wants to get into it. Because okay. while the first season isn't as great, it... it looks better in retrospect once you watch the whole series. Okay, we got two to go. So you may know what I have here. Number two, number two, number two. Come on, Andy! Hi, Daddy! Hi, sweetheart! Go get the ball, hon! Switch. Switch. 
Is that a French braid? Yeah. I know how complicated this delivery could get. Well, I'm going to need everyone in this room to believe me when I say that only good things are going to happen here today. I want you to know it. This is us. Okay. It's from 2016. Oh, I just love this show so much. <laughs> this is a pep. Some of these shows that I pick, they're not about a lot, but they're just, I don't know what it is. They're so good. This is a, about a group of three siblings who are actually triplets and their parents. But, you know, when it, you have to watch it from the start because, um, Basically, it, it crosses some decades. We see flashbacks. We see present day. We see flash forwards. Um, and just typical, I don't want to say typical, but a story about, you know, siblings. There And then as, once they're, they're grown up, it shows them, you know, their relationships with their significant others, with their own children, with their parents, and... The writing is fantastic, and the acting. I, I don't even know what more to say about it because it's there's not like I said it's it's not a deep deep story, but it was very cleverly done. When you first watched it, you didn't realize you were watching like a flash. Were we seeing? I'm trying to remember at the beginning if it was a flashback or flash forward. You didn't. Oh, you're seeing. I don't want to give it away in case people haven't watched it, but it's very cleverly done. And until you, I guess it takes a little while in the first show to catch on that you're seeing either a flashback or a flash forward. I can't remember. Then you, then as in the you first get, episode, you mean? Yeah. The first episode. Yeah, I think you're seeing stuff in the present day as well as a flash forward or flashback. Okay. Of, yeah, and then everything kind of all comes together, and it's not once after the first season, first show episode, then you realize what's going on, and and um, there's more of the flashbacks and flash forwards, but um, at first you don't realize that. And this was after we talked about Sterling K. Brown, so that after he was. I don't know if it was the same time of or after American Crime Story, but um, it started the year one year after. Right after, yeah. And so I hadn't. I guess I don't know if had he been acting much before he was in uh, the. I feel like he must have been. I know <laughs> he's such a powerful. Hadn't seen him. Yeah, but he plays one of the brothers, and he's such a powerful actor. He's just has so much charisma and so he often gets nominated for uh, Emmy but I think all the actors in it are just as good it's Mandy Moore and Milo Ventimiglia and um, who plays who, Justin Hartley mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah it's it's really it's got a lot of heart another one another show that they talk about make sure you have your tissues with you uh-huh. as you do it <laughs> It's very, very touching. And there's been a lot of sad things in it, too. Um, but it balances enough with some with happy things. And But whoever write the writing of these, just their relationships, some people, I don't know, the writing is just so well done. 
mm-hmm. portray portray the siblings and their relationships. Do you watch that? I've seen a few episodes here and there. I think you would like that too. Okay, so moving on back over to me. Almost at the top of the charts, coming in at number two. Hello! Twin Peaks The Return, which aired on Showtime in the summer of 2017. And this probably would have been my number one if it had had more than one season in this uh, in the past decade. But it was a hefty season. It was 18 episodes that were an hour each. Um, so this was a reboot of a show that originally aired on ABC back in the early 90s. It was created by David Lynch, who was famous for surreal, often inscrutable cinema and TV shows. Um, and yeah, so this, uh, this reboots. So the original Twin Peaks the, was about the investigation of a murdered teenager named Laura Palmer, an FBI agent named Dale Cooper came in to investigate, played by Kyle MacLachlan. Uh, and it was about, you know, it was about the murder investigation. And it was also about exploring this weird northwestern town and all its uh, kooky citizens. And also the strange things that happen. Um, and, you know, the, the weird things that happen when people dream and, you know, are there demons possessing people? Is that why the murder happened? And with this rebooted season, things only got more and more surreal. It started off with um, Agent Cooper like being sucked back from another dimension, banging on a glass wall. And then somehow by the end of it, it all made sense, or okay. at least made emotional okay. sense. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask you. So you didn't think it was too much? I loved the original season, but I didn't. I haven't watched this one. So. Well, um, yes, yeah, so I... I, when in the months leading up to uh, the return debuting, I was like, I'd never seen the original Twin Peaks, but it's kind of always been on my must watch list. So it was on Netflix at the time. I think it still is on Netflix. So I watched the first few episodes, but I didn't get around to finishing it by the time the return premiered. And I was like, "Uh, I'll just jump into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll see, I'll, I, I sometimes do that with shows, just jump into the middle of whatever season it's on and well, I'll figure it out as I go along. That's not necessarily a good strategy for a show as weird as this, but uh-huh. <laughs> I think it was weird no matter how mm-hmm. much of the original Twin Peaks you'd seen. Okay. Like there were a lot of moments that you'd have no idea what was going on whether or not you'd seen anything previous. So I don't know that I would recommend this season to original fans of um, there's, you know, there's twin. I've someone who I, uh, a former colleague of mine, he wrote a review of um, this twin peak season. And he said, there's twin peaks fans and there's David Lynch fans. Mm Hmm. 
the original Twin Peaks is among David Lynch's more accessible uh, projects. Twin Peaks The Return is among his least accessible. But (laughs) if you're willing to get into a surreal the surreal mind of a very unique person it's if you can find that wavelength it's immensely satisfying okay it was right up my alley and yeah there's was really nothing else like it on tv so let's say you you have to have an open mind when you decide you're gonna watch it right (laughs) Like to Definitely. just be, be ready for anything. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's it's got often it's it's dark and weird, but it's also often goofy and silly. You know, just the scenes when Kyle McLaughlin is eating cherry pie, and he's just so delighted by how delicious it is. <laughs> um. I think everyone can enjoy those moments. Yeah. <laughs> Now, were there many of the other original characters besides Kyle? Yeah, there, there were a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of people oh, yeah. returned. If they were still alive, a few had passed away. And then there were a whole bunch of guest stars. So here, let me list a whole bunch of the cast members. Some were returning, some were quick guest stars. So Kyle McLaughlin, um, Madchen Amick, uh, Michael Cera was in one scene. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Robert Forster. Um, Ashley Judd, uh, mm. Peggy Lipton returned. Uh, Jane Levy was in it a bit. Mm. Um, Amanda Seyfried, uh, Harry Harry Dean Stanton, Russ Tamblin, uh, Grace Zabriskie mm. returned. Who? Uh, Laura Grace Zabriskie. She played uh, Laura's mom. Oh. Um, Laura Dern was in it. She played Diane, who we hear Agent Cooper talking to on his um. His, uh, he's always the like the person who he's sending messages to, and then we finally get to meet her. Oh, okay. In this, and, uh, David Lynch, he plays uh, an FBI uh, agent himself. Uh, Jim Belushi had a, a memorable role. Um, and uh, what's her name? Naomi Watts was great in it as well. And Some good people. Like a hundred other people yeah. that I mentioned. <laughs> Huh. Nine Inch Nails shows up at one point <laughs> and does a concert. <laughs> funny. Huh. Well, I may accept that's another station I don't get Showtime, so I haven't, because I probably would have watched it. Yeah. Okay. We are down to number one. I'm just going to mention quickly, I mentioned this to Jeff, when looking through all the shows, I noticed Jeff mentioned something when he was talking about rectify and coming out of prison. And I said, Oh, I thought of orange is the new black. And that was not on any of the lists that I had looked up for shows. And um, so unfortunately I didn't put it on my list, but I think it would have been on my list had I, you know, I didn't remember it at the time, but, that was, I'm not going to get into it, but that was a show that I did enjoy. I watched, I think there were at least six seasons of that. And I'm not sure what I would show I would replace that if I put it on my list, but that was, was high up there. But we are to number one, number one, number one. And it'll be interesting to see if Jeff picked this. 
I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. My favorite show, drama, which I didn't seem like it, I would normally pick this kind of show, but it was Breaking Bad. Okay, that was on my possible number um, one. Okay. And this came out in 2008. I didn't watch it then either at the time. I watched it on Netflix after a friend of mine had said, you have to watch that, Breaking Bad. And I said to her, well, I'll watch Breaking Bad if you watch Friday Night Lights. <laughs> so we did a little switch. Uh-huh. And that summer I watched the whole thing. I can't remember. What Do you know what year? When was the final season? I believe it was 2013. Okay, so that's when I watched When I started grad school. All right, I think that's when I started watching it. And because I think then the last season was either just coming out or had come out, some, so somewhere around then. But anyway, um, it's about a high school chemistry teacher, and when he discovers he's got terminal cancer and that he's not doing very well financially and he just wants to um he's worried about you know when he dies he wants to leave his family in a, in a good situation so he makes this desperate decision to turn an old rv that he has into a meth lab which is quite a decision uh brian cranston plays the lead and aaron uh, Paul plays his uh, partner, I guess. They're the leads. But, I mean, you cannot say enough about the two of them as it, they're acting. I almost look at it as like a psychological study of a, a man's demise after he gets a taste of power and money. I mean, you see him, you know, at the start, he just seems like kind of this meek, normal husband and each each season you see what's him <sighs> turning into this horrible person talk i guess was this was one of the first shows where they talked about anti-hero um which is a great description of brian cranston um a lot of people said a lot of my friends too said they thought that aaron paul paul jesse what's i forget his last name in the show Jesse Pinkman, that he was really the heart of the show. Um, He just seems so, he's caught up in the whole uh, meth, you know, producing of meth and this whole business, but he just seems very troubled and and has more heart and guilt than as almost than Brian Cranston does. And, and I just loved his character. Um, it's just a fantastic show. It's the kind of thing when somebody, like I said, when it was recommended to me, I thought, Oh, I don't know if I'll like this. It seems kind of dark. And there are a few, some, I know a few people that said they started watching it and couldn't get past a couple, uh, even right at the beginning, there's some show scenes that are hard to watch. And I was like, you just got to get past it because it's just so good. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, it. I think it won plenty of Emmys for Best mm-hmm. 
drama at the time and the acting was recognized and the writing by Vince Gilligan. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's one of the best shows that I've seen in, in a really long time. Yeah. That's, that's what a lot of people believe. Uh, It's got plenty of fans and, uh, um, Okay, I guess I gotta match your enthusiasm. <laughs> Luckily, I did pick a show that I love quite a bit. So, making its way all the way up to the top of the charts at number one for the 2010s. What's that? Your psychological evaluation. You're totally functional and more or less sane. Well done. Did you just rubber stamp me? Yes. Hannibal. Yeah. This was an NBC show that aired for three seasons from uh, 2013 to 2015, based on the novels by Thomas Harris about Hannibal Lecter, who had also been previously seen in a few movies, uh, played by Brian Cox in Manhunter, and then in then by Anthony Hopkins in The Silence of the Lambs and its sequels. But uh, here on... Hannibal, he's played by Mods Mickelson. I hope that's close enough to pronouncing his name correctly. Yeah. Danish. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so he plays a version of Hannibal who has not yet been arrested. Um, instead, he's working as a therapist. And in the mean, and in his off hours, he's killing people and cutting them up into his dishes. This this show is kind of like the height of food porn. It's got just some (laughs) lovingly shot sequences of food being prepared and cooked. And then you realize, oh, there's there's some human body parts mixed in with all that. Yeah, this show, it's kind of, it's a very, has some of the most beautiful photography on TV I've ever seen. And that it captures some of the most horrifying images that have ever been put on camera and it kind of taps into i guess i have this appetite for um both beauty and darkness i think Um, you do it didn't didn't make me want to go out and be a serial killer but it did make (laughs) me think geez what does this say about myself that i find this so these there's some scenes where Hannibal's not the only serial killer on the show and other people have like cut up their victims into really intricate crime scenes and they're displayed in just very exacting, exactingly designed ways. And I'm like, what does it say about me that I find this so (laughs) satisfying to look at? Mm -hmm. Um, what do you what do you have an answer for that off the cuff? No, <laughs> I'm not sure what what the part of your sense is that it it is uh, satisfying, but well, um, I know it's I know it's my visual sense. But yeah, I, I think my but soul you, can tell the difference that you know it's if I want to recreate it, it should be done with like prosthetics and makeup. Yeah. And not, but you're, not real. Yeah, 
But you're saying, too, you appreciate, well, like you said, the photography, the way it's shot and mm-hmm. stuff, so you appreciate that. But huh. Yeah, and this show was created by Brian Fuller, who was also the uh, creator of a show you mentioned, Pushing Daisies. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and the other uh, main cast member is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, He's married to, what's her name? Yeah, <laughs> Claire Danes. To, uh, Claire Danes. Yeah, uh, I can't think of his I name. Why am I blanking? Hugh uh, Dancy, right? Hugh Dancy, that's right. Hugh Dancy yeah. plays um, FBI like special investigator Will Graham. Um, and he and Hannibal kind of have a, a backup. Hannibal becomes his therapist, and then they uh, Will realizes the truth about Hannibal, and they become hunter-killer, but they also kind of fall in love with each other, mm. even though neither of them is explicitly gay, but the show definitely leans into um, the possibility that they are very attracted to each other. Yeah. Uh, and Will's an interesting character because he's got a very visceral amount of extreme empathy. Like you'll see a lot of characters on TV who are on somewhere on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, often some of them are detectives of, or investigators of some sort. Um, but Will Graham is like kind of the opposite, where he he can understand um human emotions so well that it's a little overwhelming Hmm. and we we often see glimpses in in, into his mind we see his process as we go into his they're called i believe they're called memory palaces on the show where we see him like recreating the crime scene just from what he the evidence that's left behind he's just got such a intense ability to know exactly what happened from the the little bits and pieces that he has to go on. It's interesting. It's on NBC too. I mean, they show a a lot for a regular channel. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it, (laughs) it is hard to believe that not only was it on TV at all, but that it was on a network channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think like I think it was a, a an international co-production with some European company, so it was like NBC didn't have to give a full financial commitment to have it be produced, but yeah, it is still r- r- rather strange that yeah. <laughs> it did air on that network. Yeah, so I think I think that's uh, that'll do it for our yeah. top ten lists. Good lists. So tell me what you predicted of. Okay, so I'm gonna hold up this to the camera. I'll let you take a look. Can you see that? There's Americans Breaking Bad. Oh, see, so so you yeah. Well, Americans and um, I should show you my. This is my crossed up. Americans Better Call Saul. And Broadchurch were, were on there too, that but they didn't fit on there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you got a few of the ones that I. Uh, it was, yeah. it I'm, I'm a little surprised Bro- Americans didn't make your. Yeah. Time. I thought that or Breaking Bad were most likely for you. 
I'd forgotten about this in us it's parent and parenthood. Um, yeah. But yeah, so. Um, and then Friday Night Lights, I did have that in parentheses. Yeah, just because I, I, I just thought it was too long ago. So. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so now we should. Yeah, so we'll go. We'll do go quickly into our final section, the forever section, where we look ahead at what's currently going on and what the future holds. So what dramas are we loving now, and do we think they'll be on our best of the 2020s list? Well, I'm very optimistic because I have a lot of shows that I watch, I guess, more dramas than comedy. Um, mm -hmm. I watch – I didn't realize I watched so many – um, I don't watch any of the Chicago medical shows, but I w watch other medical shows like 911, um, The Good Doctor, The Resident, and New Amsterdam. I love all of those. Um, and I'll still watch This Is Us. There's two 911s now. There's a 911 and 911 Lone Star. Mm -hmm. um, a Million Little Things. I love... This summer I watched Council of Dads, which I really enjoyed. Um, and, well, and The Handmaid's Tale. So um, mm. I don't know if any of those will be, well, I already have This Is Us on the list. Oh, and Virgin River I had down, which was a Netflix series um, that I just watched this uh, spring, which I really enjoyed. And I think that that has another season coming. And then this show called Tommy, which I really enjoyed and see that that was canceled. It was one season. Uh -huh. Edie Falco plays a first a female um, LAPD, that police chief of the LAPD. Uh -huh. And she is, I, I had never watched The Sopranos, so I never saw her. But, boy, she's fantastic. I, did you watch that at all, Tommy? I didn't know. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But that's, you know, one season and done. So, yeah, so I'm optimistic about, I think we tend to have more, uh, a lot stronger um, dramas, both on network TV and then especially on cable, um, mm -hmm. more so than the comedies. So I don't think we're going to be lacking in those. There's just yeah. so much content that's continually to come out that we, and not enough time to watch all of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that's the other prediction to make. Like, what will we actually be able to watch? Like 10% of the all the good yeah. shows that come out this decade. I know. I that's probably a good guess. About 10%. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm oh, liking yeah. Pose as I mentioned. Well, yeah, that's and that that made my top ten for the 2010s, and if it continues being as good as it is, it could could very well top my 2020s list. Mm. And then a couple other shows that I'm really liking right now that were created by uh, the Robert and um, Michelle King, uh, The Good Fight and Evil. You watched Evil? At all? I watched that as, uh, like two of them, and then I stopped. And I know people loved it. I was I was like, oh, I should have kept watching it. Only be, the only reason I stopped was because I had a lot of different shows 
you know, at the beginning of the season, I'll watch a bunch and then, and I think I must have had too many that night, so I didn't keep watching it. I know my friend just loves that too. So you're enjoying that? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a good mix of like kind of grounded, but then it gets really supernatural with the religious mm-hmm. elements. Yeah, maybe I'll try to see if they're gonna reshow that anywhere because I did. Yeah, I enjoyed that. What was the one you said before? Evil. Ah, uh, the good fight. Oh, yeah, I've heard that's really good. Yeah. I'm still on season two. Season four is the most recent air, uh, season that aired. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's time to wrap up, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. We've been talking for two yeah. hours, so. So I think, um, I think next time are we going to cover Hamilton? Um, well, let's discuss it off, off camera. Okay. Well, yeah. So we'll. Oh, we're not entirely sure what on our next yeah. subject will be, but I think we'll most likely we'll have a we'll probably have a special guest, which okay. whichever topic we settle on. Yeah. So um, keep an eye out for that. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, also check out my Emmy articles on jmoney.com. That's J-M-U-N-N-E-Y.com. And Beth, anything to promote or any mm-hmm. sign-off to say? I've just started watching um, Burn Notice after my son's recommendation. Rory, not Wesley. Oh, Rory okay. He and his girlfriend are watching it, and so I only watched three shows so far, but I'm really enjoying it. Did you watch that when that was out? I, I didn't, but it yeah. makes me think of an SNL sketch. It was a game show called What is Burn Notice? Oh, I don't remember like the premise that. was like the, the contestants just had to identify what Burn Notice was oh, about. Oh, that was the whole game. Yeah. It's really a lot of fun, and it's Bruce Campbell's in it. Yeah. So, um, But anyways, yeah, that's if somebody's wanting to, it's a fun show so far. Jeffrey Donovan is, he's just very likable. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's been in much else, but, and I had, I don't think I've seen him before, but yeah, he's, and um, what's her name? Sharon Glass, who used to be on Cagney and Lacey from years uh-huh. ago, plays his mom. So yeah, it's a new, my latest uh, binge that I'm watching, but nothing else to promote. Okay. Do you want to sign off for us? Yeah, so I will say what is good night to everybody. We'll see you next time. Okay, and I will say, as I usually do, keep your remotes handy and your eyes open.